When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Kay Marine, Alejandro Moreno here in the studio. We're going to be looking back on the Europa League tonight. We'll also look back on a couple of those Champions League results as well. But it will be in the Europa League with that big game between Manchester United and Barcelona, where we start Manchester United coming from a goal down to beat Barca and advance to the last 16 of the Europa League. Lewandowski had put Barcelona ahead from the spot, but in the second half, Fred equalised. Anthony scored a lovely goal to make it 2-1, and that was how it ended. The good times continue for Barcelona, as for, uh, sorry, for Manchester United. As for Barcelona, there will be some questions asked here as we welcome in Nader Manua and Luis Garcia as well. So let me start by asking you a question, Luis Garcia. What went wrong for Barcelona? Uh, good evening, uh, Kay. And yes, what went wrong? Uh, we would like to know what happened tonight once again for Barcelona. But it looked like uh, uh, in the end, it was not enough. Uh, we were expecting uh, the Barcelona that we've seen in the past uh, few months. The Barcelona is dominating in La Liga, who hasn't conceded uh, only seven goals uh, in the whole competition. That hasn't been unbeaten for quite a long time. But we've seen once again a Barcelona that they look vulnerable and much more in the second half that uh, recently uh, it happens quite too often. Uh, by um, Manchester United, we all know that uh, uh, there is a, a new team. They are rejuvenated. Uh, I think they have done an amazing job trying to make and give uh, a, a philosophy to this team. And today we miss quite a few players from Barcelona. Of course, uh, Gabi, Pedri are very important players. And Belé is a player who all we know uh, how important he is up front. But we miss players up front. We haven't seen uh, a good Rafinha today. Lewandowski was a little bit lost uh, at the front. We see only three shots on target of this Barcelona side. And when you play at the highest level, you need a little bit more, uh, even no playing away. So not the best Barcelona that we've seen. That's why today I think there is a fair result that Manchester United get the result and go through. Gavi, Pedri, Dembele, how much would they have made a difference in a game like this tonight, Ale? Of course they would have made a difference. Uh, obviously, they would have made a difference. If you have the choice of Pedri being out there, of course you put him out there. Dembele gives you something different. Gavi gives you something different. The profile of Barcelona changes and improves with those players on the field. But I'm not going to give them an excuse, right? That's too easy and too obvious of an excuse. Barcelona, without those players, for long periods of time in the first half, not only were they dominating the possession, they were dominating the game. The pace was being played with the energy that they wanted, with the rhythm that they wanted and that they had imposed in the match. They go to halftime, and Barcelona was in full control because after the first five, ten minutes where Manchester United were high-pressing, after that they couldn't quite figure it out and the possession of Barcelona was good enough to dominate the game. They go into halftime, come out of halftime, and I have to imagine that Xavi would have said, hey, hey, guys, you got to be ready. Listos. got to be ready. Because guess what? This team is going to come out with high pressure again, with urgency, with an intention to get their lines forward to force us into mistakes. And Barcelona, for the first couple of minutes of the second half, 
They were passive and reckless with their possession, careless with their mistakes, allow Manchester United to gain, regain possession of the ball higher up the field from there. Fred scores the goal. And of course, once they score that goal, there's new life for Manchester United. And to their credit, once there was a sign of life, they took a hold of the game. And now the game was being played in the manner in which Manchester United wanted to play. And it was a little bit more back and forth. And it was more about high pressure. And Barcelona were having difficulties completing passes and getting out of their own half. This, to me, is not so much about who's not on the field as much as what the approach of this team is coming out of halftime and what the message had to be at halftime and how these players were unable to deliver on that message. Credit to Manchester United, but Barcelona gave them an opportunity. And Manchester United had quite the turnaround, Nate. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> you okay? You, you need me to take cover, Kate? Okay, I got it. Speechless. <laughs> it was quite the turnaround from Ten Hag's men. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it certainly was. But I think one thing which you were speaking about after the game is that sense of belief, the quality they have on the field. And it's turning into Fortress Old Trafford, which, I'll be honest, Kate, it kind of pains me to say I'm getting real trauma here because I've felt this before. I've seen this before. And I think Ali described it so well, the nature of that game. Barcelona can dictate the pace of the game in that first half. Well, the thing that's different now for me is that Ten Hag recognises when his team needs to change something, and he's very good at doing that, whether it's personnel, whether it's positioning, and he'll go and do that and try and gain the strength of playing at home, give the 70,000-plus crowd a reason to get excited, get the wingers flying in behind, get Rashford through the middle. And I think that sort of adaptability with the quality that they have goes a long way. And the key thing, as I say, is belief. They were down, but they didn't believe that they were out. And I think this is a huge game for them. I think Ten Hag said after the game that this is the most important one he's had since he's been in charge. And he said, even though we've beaten Liverpool, we've beaten Arsenal, this means a lot to them because they are top of La Liga. And what a moment it is for United because a lot of people are saying that they're back and, you know, they've said it in the past, but it really feels like that. The players are heading in the right direction. The manager is as well. And you never really seem to find two bad periods of football from them. If they're flat for a section they'll find something because the manager is wise enough to see it, to make the changes and to get the players playing in a manner which gets the rest of the side going. And obviously, the big players stepped up for them today when they needed to. But I guess this is the Man United that we can get used to for a little while now, it feels like. Yeah, on top of everything else, Luis, that's going right for Manchester United at the moment, it, it is a great point with Eric Ten Hag that his changes are decisive for his side when it's going against them. Yeah, exactly. And spot on. I think they made a fantastic point saying that the changes make that massive difference when they were suffering in that right side of Wabisaka going forward and leaving a lot of space. And for Balde, he made that change, bring that lot and bring Anthony in that right side. So allowing Anthony to be free in some of the occasion. And at the end, he was the one who scored the goal, but also to seal that right side, not allowing Barcelona create chances, create uh, danger from that left side. So that we have to give it a lot of credit to Ten Hag, who uh, read very well what was happening, what was, it was hurting Man United, and how he adapted the, the team to what it was coming next. And I think later with Garnacho bringing that pace up front, it, it was just a brilliant move. So at the end, again, I think that the Man United now has got something different. It's not, it, it's not only have that um, philosophy or new way of play, but also a manager who is ready to change the way of play if they needed it, depending on what team they got in front. And today, it was a Barcelona that they lose the control very often in the second uh, second part of the game. And today, he got it in their advantage and, and scored that second goal who gave it the, the win. Could that be looked at, at the difference between these two managers, knowing about those game changes? Well, uh, I, I would say that 
when we think about the confidence of Manchester United, if you want to see evidence and, and you want to see it displayed out on the field, watch Fred play. Watch Fred play, watch him, and think back to what he was at this time last year and watch him now. And you're saying, whoa, wait a minute, this is not the same guy. So is it about the player? Is it about the manager? Is it a combination of the two? There certainly has been a growth to his game. And not that you're counting on his goals, but he finishes chance. And he finishes chance not just because he takes a shot on, but because his willingness to read where that pass was going to be and take a step forward. Not retreating, as we have seen from him in the past, actually taking a step forward forward and taking that first touch forward and now being willing to take on the responsibility. So a guy who has been criticized now playing very well. A guy like Anthony who has also been criticized and has had injury issues in a moment that matters, clean finish. So the level of confidence across Manchester United is not just Marcus Rashford, which is obvious to see. It's across the board. And when you see this across the board, there is a difference there between what we're seeing from Manchester United and what we're seeing from Barcelona. And you wouldn't think it, wouldn't, it would be the case since Barcelona are leading La Liga in the manner in which they are. But a guy like Lewandowski is not playing with a whole, a whole lot of confidence. The chance he has late in the match, in, uh, in added time, that's a chance he puts away when he's feeling good about himself. It's not a chance that he mishits. And that's exactly what he did. Luis said that Lewandowski looked lost for a long period of time, and he did. And... A guy like that with that sort of experience, even the penalty wasn't all that convincing. You're seeing that from a few players in Barcelona, and you wouldn't think it would be the case, given the level of success they've had. But they haven't been a, an explosive team in the attack. Defensively, they've been good in La Liga, but certainly in Europe that hasn't been the case. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if it's just level of play in terms of some of the competition and some of that they have faced. Regardless, we're seeing two different versions of Barcelona, a very confident one and controlled one for long periods of time in La Liga, and one that is controlled for periods of time in, in short periods of time in Europe, loses the ball in bad areas, is given a lot of opportunities, Ter Stegen is not coming up with the saves, and now you see that you're giving up goals. Two different versions of two different teams. Why, Luis? Why are we seeing two different versions like this, one in Europe and one in La Liga? Yeah, it's not easy to find. Uh, uh, really, the the, the the question, why the answer to to why this team is, is changing? Probably, in my opinion, I think it's uh, the mentality. When you've been out of the Champions League, the mentality has changed. Even though that you arrived to Europa League, but then you got the pressure that you have to win the competition. You don't have to win only against Man United. You have to win the competition. And when you start thinking ahead, probably you're gonna miss what you got in front of you. In Barcelona, with a very young team, a team that is still rebuilding, even though they're in La Liga, that they got confident. They know that, that they are going to win or they are very close to win La Liga if they continue in the same way. In, uh, in Europa League, you know that you need to change that kind of mentality and the players maybe are not ready. Plus, you don't have all the players that you need to have for, for, for uh, the Europa League. So you're missing a few players. The players who are coming in, they got the pressure. The, the likes of uh, Ferran Torres, if they got in. The likes of Sergio Roberto is the first time that they play uh, since quite a while, uh, only two games in a row. So at the end, there are a few uh, things that he can uh, bring the, um, Barcelona to that kind of point where you lose the control, you lose uh, the, the, the confidence. And today, I think it was one of them. When you are in possession, when you are dominant, yeah, you feel comfortable. In the moment you feel dominated, is when you lose the control and you don't know how to approach the same way. So uh, that pressure, I think, is on Barcelona. And today, they couldn't manage it. 
On the flip side, though, Nadam, it's hard to have anything but confidence in this Manchester United side right now. How worried are yeah. you for Man City? They're just behind oh. them in the table. Hold on a second. Why worried? Why would I be worried? I don't even play. All I do is talk about it. Relax, relax. No, United have that feeling back. They've got all the confidence in the world. They've not lost that old Trafford, I don't think, since the first weekend of the season. They are flying. They've got players who are playing some of their best football. Marcus Rashford, for example. And you've got the experience of Casemiro's and Varane's in there. A manager that stands on the sideline and understands it and understands what needs to be done. So I'm not worried as such. I think it feels pretty clear that they've got this managerial appointment right and the recru recruitment has been right. And the fact that he's making, as Ali said, some players who in the past, you know, they were being laughed at essentially. You, you'd heard the concepts of McFred, but all of a sudden Fred is now one of the key players in the team. That time when Ericsson's missing, for example. And this is, this is who they want to be. It's a real feel-good factor in terms of supporting that football club right now. And they're looking up the league, but the position that they're in is one whereby they're relying upon two teams ahead of them to struggle and for them to maintain their level, for them to be realistic in the chance of winning a Premier League title. It's not the best position to be in, but for now, whilst they're winning, when they turn up in at Old Trafford and know their team's more or less going to win more often than not, that's a great spot. It feels very ominous, but I'm not worried about it. Because at the end of the day, I am not playing for Man City. So you can relax and let's just enjoy the football while it's there. You know, you know, for somebody who's not worried, he said I'm not worried a lot of times there. <laughs> Didn't he? I I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried. A little too I'm, I'm really not worried. not worried. But we should the teams above Manchester United, the two teams being Arsenal and Man City, be worried about this version of Manchester United right now? Yes, of course. I think that when a team is in a great moment and the other two have been uh, having doubts, even though that the gap is still uh, a little bit open, uh, you have to be worried because a team in a good moment with the confidence and with the talent and quality that they got on the team, of course, there's still a lot of things to be played, a lot of games to be played. Uh, the three teams are going to drop points, but when you are in uh, this momentum, I think Man United should feel comfortable and should be happy looking forward to what is coming next because definitely... It's not going to put anything easier for the two teams ahead. So, Barcelona now out of Europe. Mm -hmm. They've got to make sure they win La Liga now, haven't they? I'm not worried about it, Kay. You're not worried about I'm, I'm not worried. it? I should say it a few <laughs> more <worried>. times. <laughs> Is it because you don't play for them that you're not worried about it? Well, I'm not, I'm not worried about it, Kay, because, you know, I'm not worried. Uh, and I shouldn't be worried. The truth is that Barcelona in La Liga, whatever you may say of their performance in Europe, in La Liga, they have been, at the very least, consistent. And you can't say the same thing about Real Madrid. And we can't, when we have this discussion, we can't put in our minds what Real Madrid did against Liverpool, because that is not the Real Madrid that we see every weekend in La Liga. They could not be any more disinterested when they're playing against Osasuna or any other mid-table team in La Liga. And, and the performances show us much. And because they lack consistency and they've lacked the results, that's why we see an eight-point gap. And I think Barcelona, I don't think they prefer to be out of Europe, but the fact that you don't have to conserve yourself with it any longer, I think it allows Xavi to do more work with the team, to rotate players, to get fresher legs, to recover players from injury, and really focus on the task at hand. You don't have any other thing to focus on other than potentially, obviously, Copa del Rey. You have a Clásicos coming up. But beyond that... It's La Liga. And the one thing that will make this season a success for Barcelona would be winning La Liga. And you're winning by eight points right now. So, just like Nathan, if I'm Barcelona, 
I'm not worried. You're not worried. Are, are you worried, Luis Garcia? Are you worried? No, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm not worried, to be honest. I'm not worried. <laughs> Is it because you don't play for them anymore? <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, I think Barcelona are in a great position at the moment to, to lead uh, La Liga until the end of the season much more now that they are out of Europe. Like Ali says, uh, even though for the Copa del Rey, if uh, Barcelona at the moment can manage to get the Super Cup that they already won, win La Liga and win why not the Copa del Rey? It could be a fantastic year for them in a year of transition. No one was expecting Barcelona to arrive at this point uh, of the competition, being eight points away in the semifinal of the Copa del Rey and already have won one trophy. So I think that uh, looking forward, I, Barcelona should be happy if they manage to get uh, the trophy of La Liga and if they arrive to the uh, Copa del Rey final and get the chance of winning it, it could be a fantastic, fantastic year. Now, before the game, Xavi opened up the possibility of a return for Lionel Messi huh? to Barcelona. This is what he said. This is his home and the door is always open. Messi is a friend and we are in permanent contact. It depends on what he wants for his future and how the club see it. He is the best player in the world and the best ever. He would always fit in this team. Why does he even answer these questions right now, Ale? Because when it comes to La Liga, the team are playing well. Because the question is asked and he has two choices. He can either say no, no thanks, but you can't say that about Lionel Messi given his history in the club. So you leave it very open and I said, of course, of course, Lionel Messi is welcome. Of course, Leo, come on over. And then press conference is over. You are done answering the question and you're walking out of the stage and whoever asks you from the club about, hey, uh, what about Messi? Forget it. No, we're not doing that. Mm -mm. We're not bringing Messi. He doesn't want Lionel Messi in that team. There has been a change in Barcelona. You have left the Messi era behind and now you're focusing on the future and what's ahead. You do not want to have Messi walk through that door again. Not because he's not a, 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 an incredible historic player for the club and that the club owes so many things and so many achievements to Lionel Messi. One of a kind, right? Nobody's saying that. But you don't want him walking through that door because it's gonna affect how the team plays on the field, it's gonna affect the coverage of the team, the rhetoric surrounding the team, and you're no longer focusing on the future, you're focusing on, focusing on how do we manage to make this team effective with Lionel Messi being part of it and everybody playing for Lionel Messi. I think Barcelona has moved away from that. I don't think he has any other choice but to answer in the manner in which he answered. But the truth of the matter is that once the door closes, he's saying, mm -mm, nope, 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 no thanks, no thanks. We appreciate it. We love you. We love you so much, but no thanks. Do you think it could be a distraction in the dressing room, Luis, hearing talk like this and wondering if Lionel Messi's coming back? No, I don't think so. I think this is an answer uh, from Ambassador, from the face of Barcelona. It needs to uh, give an answer. Of course, the door, it will be like this open. You never know what is going to happen in the future. But I think Xavi is very focused on what he has to do every single day. Tuesday 11 started for uh, next weekend and trying to make that kind of, uh, of link between all the players that he's got in hand, trying to recover the players. So in the end, it's just one answer. That it could be, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, Lionel Messi because he's not our player. He's a player from a, a different team. That's an answer that some, many managers does. Or, yeah, Lionel Messi is a legend from the club. He's one of the best in the history. And, he could be a fantastic player. Every team could be happy to, to have a Lionel Messi on the squad. So at the end, it's an answer that we can give, but I agree with Ali. I think Xavi is very focused on what he has to do now for Barcelona and for the future. 
I tell you what, what I think could potentially happen is that you welcome Messi back, not, not to play, but you welcome him through the front door so that you have an actual celebration for Lionel Messi and it's a loving parade and everybody loves Lionel Messi and everybody can have their say and their thanks and their appreciation of Lionel Messi, which didn't quite feel that way once when he left the club. It almost felt like he was being pushed out the back door and that's not obviously what he deserves as a player. So, yeah, you bring him back, you put your arm around him, and we love you, Leo. We love you. We love you so very much. And this is your goodbye. All right? Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. You bring him so that you can appreciate him, and then that's it. Okay, that's it. Well, that is it for that round of the Europa League. Now we head on to the last 16. These are the results from elsewhere. Roma turned things around to beat... Salzburg 2-1 in their tie. Union Berlin progressing oh. at Ajax's expense as well. All the teams in yellow you can see progressing. It was a Angel Di Maria hat-trick for Juventus against Nantes. They go through. Sevilla managed to hold on despite the fact they lost to PSV on the night. And Bayer Leverkusen through as well against Monaco. Big Carabao Cup final coming up on Sunday. And what a confident Manchester United stepping into it. Against Newcastle, coverage begins at 10.30 on ESPN+. Plus, Don't worry, Nadem is not worried about the results. <laughs> Here's what's coming up in La Liga as well this weekend. Barcelona will be away to Almeria, but the big one this weekend is El Derby at the Santiago Bernabeu, and you'll have Ali Moreno and myself on the coverage hey, hey. for that one. Make sure to join us on ESPN Plus, where you can always catch all of La Liga's games. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now in the Champions League, Manchester City let a 1-0 lead slip versus Leipzig in their first leg last 16 clash. The match ended in controversy though, with an apparent handball from Hendricks. But we're going to take a look at a couple of angles here, because it may change a few minds. So this is the angle that we showed yesterday. Uh -huh. 
That's deceiving, I'm thinking. <laughs> Maybe just deceiving, because we do have a new image. Uh-huh. Now, Ale, you did say it was a handball yesterday, but with this new image right. that we have our hands on, uh -huh. can we change your mind? Oh, yeah. See, this evidence was not presented yesterday. So I don't know who to blame, whether our producer or the director, who, who the director, uh, not our director, but the director of the feed that was uh, showing the game as to why is that replay not shown right away. It wasn't our producers, obviously. Well, no, but our producer showed us that picture yesterday. Yeah, because they've been scouring everywhere to make sure we have mm. every available image. Well, the evidence that we were shown yesterday was incomplete. Let's just say that. Upon new evidence, well, I think I'm entitled to change my mind because clearly I'm not just stubborn. I'm not blindly stubborn. I'm, once you see that, you know that his arm could not be any closer to his body. It's not a handball. Man City TV, Nader Manua, do you still think it's a handball? Oh, do you know what? You know, after looking <laughs> at that evidence, you know, of course it is. It's a UEFA deep fake. That, that, none of that's real. The real <laughs> clip has been wiped from the internet. Like, that is clearly false. No. It doesn't look like a handball. My only concern now is that what a weird reaction to try and like stick your arms up when a ball starts coming towards you, especially with that sort of speed. He's become, it looks like he's quite lucky with that one, but for me, it's not a handball. I could see why people be worked up straight after the game, especially due to the way it finished pretty much straight after. But I think it guess it was the right decision in the end and a semi-disappointing day for City in the end. Yeah, although not according to Pep Guardiola, Manchester City obviously mm. dominating proceedings in the first half going ahead. In the post-match press conference, Pep felt the need to remind his players that this was actually a good result. Yeah, because they were, they were heads down. I said, why are you head down? You had your heads up. It was really good. Take him, you played. People are like, it doesn't matter. You play the way to play the game you should play. We could be more, at the end, look more uh, early or what happened. Yeah, of course, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Nathan, what's your reaction to Pep's reaction to the result? <laughs> I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think when you look at the fact that, you know, City had a magnificent first half, I think if you believe that that was going to be the same in the second half, I think you've not really watched a lot of football, especially on the European stage. Leipzig were going to come forward more. They were going to offer the fans something which made the trip worthwhile for them. And they did do that, and it was a far more even game in that second half. I think the City players themselves, I think their heads would have been down because they had a lead, and then, you know, they're leaving with a point. But a point like that in the first leg of an away tie in a knockout round is usually a good result. But I think because of how well they played in that first half, there was almost an expectation that maybe the same would come again. So I think for Pep, he sees the sort of bigger picture nature of it all. I think he knew himself that Leipzig were going to come more in the second half. And I think they showed enough in that game, to, to, for me anyway, to believe that they can definitely get the win at home if they just manage one or two of those moments. The players' heads, they'll go down. Yeah, they've blown a lead. They would have loved to have just had it at 1-0, but this is the nature of football. And the main thing is, as long as they get through to the next round, that's key. The score itself doesn't matter. So I think he's fair. He understands the performance, sees it in totality, but then also knows that the expectations that are sort of leveled at him and his team are probably far higher than lots of other people in similar situations. So... Fair play to Pep for calling it like it is. And that's why I said it was a semi-disappointment. Because at the end of the day, there are three teams from England who all lost their first legs. I know the pressure's on going into that second one. Whereas for City, all they have to do is win a game at home. And I think they believe that they'll be able to do that. Luis, do you agree with Nadem on how Pep's handled this after the game? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a fantastic way. People sometimes 
uh, forgets and thinks that every single game is going to finish 3-0, 4-0 because uh, the players they are on the on the field, they've done it before. And every game is totally different. And, and we, we cannot forget that Leipzig is a very good team, very well drilled, very disciplined with a fantastic players up front who can be very um, clinical in the last year. And you have to pay attention on that. And then you need to focus on what you have to do, but also be aware of that uh, Leipzig side. So I think it's a, a fair result and totally agree with the expectation. Everybody expect that Manchester City because they've been so dominated during the past few years. Every single game is going to be easy for them and it's not like that. Football is getting more even every single weekend and more difficult, more competitive to win uh, games and yesterday it was one of them. But everybody should be expecting that from Manchester City to beat Leipzig. Well, <laughs> and in the big picture, I agree with both Nadum and Luis, right? It, it, in theory... I would, I would accept what they're saying, but I wouldn't classify Manchester City performance in the in the first half as magnificent. I certainly wouldn't say that. A lot of possession, a lot of possession, but nothing with that possession. And that's where I have an issue: is that if you're dominating a game as freely and as comfortably as Manchester City were, you start you you, you got to probe. You got to find some spaces in behind. You got to have movement ahead of the ball. And when there is movement ahead of the ball, you have to be able to test that back line. Manchester City, they just don't do that. They didn't do that against Leipzig. And they, they simply don't do it consistently enough. And you have a guy in Erling Haaland that you're not utilizing to his skill set to, to maximize what he can give you on the field. They are ignoring Erling Haaland. And, and that, to me, I think is egregious. And it's not something that Manchester City should accept, nor Pepe Guardiola should accept. The first half performance, while it was impressive in terms of the possession, it was what we have seen from Manchester City time and time again. A lot of possession without testing a back line, without really creating opportunities, without really being a team that is goal dangerous. So if you're Leipzig, I think when you went into the second half, you're saying, you know what? We've laid off this team. Now let's take a step forward and let's challenge them. Let's get in their faces. Let's see if they can withstand that pressure. And what we saw is that Leipzig were creating problems for Manchester City. And above all, I would say, given the fact that this is exactly the same game that you're playing against Nottingham Forest, on the weekend, and that you do exactly the same thing against Leipzig, I can't say this is great for Manchester City. So I'm going to disagree with Pep Guardiola. And I'm going to say that while it is acceptable to draw away from home in European competition, it is not a great performance, and Manchester City did not play great. Nadem? Mm. How are you doing? No, I've heard Ali. I don't <laughs> necessarily agree with, uh, with what he's saying, but I think it's good because that's, that's his own opinion upon it. And I think in that first half, like if we're looking at the fact that, you know, there are four halves of football in this two-legged tie, they were 1-0 up away from home. And the other team hadn't had any of the ball. They barely had a chance themselves. I think Timo Werner had a shot just before halftime. And that was Leipzig's first attempt. And that would have been a side that, you know, this is, this is like a Red Bull team or an RB team. This is high energy. This is high press. This is running behind. And they were doing none of that. And I think most of that was down to the fact that City were controlling the way that they did. And also, I've got to call it like it is. I think a striker saying that a striker is not being utilized properly is exactly what a striker would say. I think at times, like, that's just the nature of football in itself. And you guys, you're all very moany. You're all very moany when you're not hitting the ball. <laughs> so I'm not really surprised by that. And yes, he could, he could score more. But it always feels like we know how many touches, for example, he's had when he's not scored, how little has been used when he's not scored. But in those other games when he does score, 
there are lots of similarities in terms of the numbers themselves. So overall, I think, you know, they would have loved to have won that game, but they're in a good position heading into the second leg. And ultimately, they know what they can work on to make things better because now they've seen RB. And I think Guardiola as well said after the game that they needed to manage certain moments because Leipzig, the speed that they have in transition is something that City can't match beyond Erling Haaland and Kyle Walker. So I think they managed that overall pretty well. And I suppose they'll go into the next leg now with 40,000, 50,000 fans really backing them, believing that they can go out there and get the result. Well, let's get a little bit more from what Pep Guardiola said after mm. the game, because twice he was asked about his lack of subs. We'll give you what his answers were. The first time he said, I have the opportunity to have five substitutions, but I am the manager and I take the decision not to. The fact I have five substitutions doesn't mean I have to use them. And I am such a good manager to decide what I have to do. Wow. That was one of the answers. Okay, here's another right, one. Second goal, second answer. You want me to read it or you, you can read it? I've got it. Okay, After good. the goal we conceded, for now, after the goal we conceded, I thought immediately to put Phil Foden on, but then immediately we took the game in our hands again and with this control. That's why the players that we had, like Gundogan, Mares, we have the extra passes and that's what we need, especially in the first leg. Maybe in the second leg, I will decide to be crazy and play with nine strikers and make up and downs. But in this game, I felt because I've been in the country and I analyze as much as possible with my people, I need this type of control because otherwise the up and downs, when it's open in this type of situations, they are better. German teams are better than us. Okay. Okay. I, I mean... <laughs> First of all, I don't, I don't like the sarcasm. I don't like the fact that he's, he's you know, putting himself out there as a man smarter than everybody else sort of thing and the, the self-deprecating kind of comments because the journalists are doing a job, right? They're asking a question. Please answer the question, right? This whole idea, well, I'm gonna, maybe next time I'll just play with nine strikers and we'll be up and down. And what are we getting from this? Do we give him a pass because it's Pep Guardiola? Because if it were Mourinho saying these things, we'd be going crazy, right? Because it is disrespectful to the profession or the people that are asking a legitimate question. It is a legitimate question to ask, why did you not use subs? And you give whatever answer you want to give, I suppose so, but it is a legitimate question, certainly when the other team has made substitutions and they have changed the game and they've impacted the game. So, as a manager, what is the thought process as to why you're not making your substitution. I don't know why that question would generate such a reaction from Pep Guardiola and the sort of attitude that he displayed in answering these questions. Uh, Luis, you've got your coaching badges. What would your approach be to a question like this? <laughs> I will give my, my, my straight answer. I don't do the changes because today I didn't see that it was needed. I thought that the players that were uh, playing, they were doing a great job. Uh, but if I think that the transition of... Uh, uh, Lexi was just too good that I didn't want to use, um, I don't know, the Foden in this case or some other players. Uh, that's why I didn't do it. I understand what Alice says, but I think that they sometimes, Pep, the way that I see it is that he's frustrated, but even though they say that the players, because he's sending the message to the players, the players did a good job and it's what they have to do and everything, he also is frustrated because he didn't like the way that the, the team played and his frustration comes out with that, with that answer to the, so at the end, he's trying to bring that frustration towards the journalists instead towards the, the players, so towards his, his players. So I think it's a way of guarding himself and try to um, release a little bit of the pressure. 
Nathan, what's your actual thinking then on the lack of subs used by Pep Guardiola in this game? Um, I think I would have liked to have seen Phil Foden play, but in terms of the people on the bench, I couldn't think in my mind what the right subs would be, because I think in Gundogan, Silva, Rodri, that's a fantastic midfield three. Grealish himself was playing well, Mares had some level of impact in the game. The back four itself isn't going to change, so I didn't see a ton of sort of like almost like-for-like like or say game-changing things to it. I think he could bring on uh, like a Julian Alvarez, but who is he coming on for? Is he coming on for Haaland? Probably not. So I think the fact that Kevin De Bruyne wasn't there, that probably affected his thinking a little bit. And I'm sure I must be forgetting a couple of the players, but I wanted to see something. But again, as you know, Ali said, he was, he was pretty passive-aggressive with some of that answer, but he did explain it as well because he was talking about that level of control that's needed against a side who wants to play in transition. And I think the vast majority of the footballers who were on the field for City in that game, they're the ones who were very good at doing that. So I'm sure he was toying with the idea, like Phil Foden, like he's, he's probably a bit more direct than, say, Mahrez would be or Grealish would be, but he wanted people who maybe come going to come inside, take the heat out of the game a little bit. So, as I say, I wanted to see a sub, but then in the same breath, as you look around, well, who's it going to be for? Is it a sub for sub's sake? Does someone need to be sold because they're tired? If the answer is no, then I guess you look at the bench, look out in the field and say, we'll just keep it like it is. And I'm sure no one here wanted to be subject, subbed anytime anyway. So I kind of get it. But then, I don't know, maybe it just showed the lack of depth that they had in that particular moment. And, and, and maybe, maybe when I'm evaluating Manchester City, I have a certain level of expectation, given that they are the favorites to win this competition. And maybe the fact that I've just watched Real Madrid the day before do what they did against Liverpool away from home. You're expecting something like that from Manchester City. That sort of ambition, that sort of when there is a moment to kill to go ahead and take that step forward, which Real Madrid did. Liverpool were vulnerable and Real Madrid said, yep, this is the moment. We smell it, we feel it, we know it in our bodies, we know that we're in control, let's go get it right now. Manchester City were in full control in the first half, but they didn't go get it. It was more of a conservative approach. I think this team is better than that. That's, that's my evaluation of Manchester City. For them to be conservative and take a step back, I don't think... I don't think it's in the makeup of this group. And I don't think this is what this group wants to do. That's why their heads were down after the game. Because they, they know they're better than what they're showing. Well, the odds makers certainly still think that they're better than that. They have them as favourites to win the Champions League. Do you agree, Luis? Do you think they're favourites to win it this season? Not the way that they were playing uh, yesterday, but um, definitely is one of the teams that, that we need to consider as a contender. Of course, they still need a lot of things to, to happen. Uh, they're going to see if they are going to have the full squad, if everybody is going to be ready. But for me, in the beginning of the season, they were one of the contenders. They could be one of the winners, and I put it on, on my list. So, yeah, why not? Even though that is not the best game that we've seen, uh, I think that they got enough to, to get the trophy. All right, seeing as though we have got you here, Luis, let's take a little step back and talk about Liverpool's loss to Real Madrid mm, at again. Anfield. <laughs> we won't go into it. They did that on the show, understandably, so we're not, we're not going to go into all that again. Mm. But how does Klopp fix this? It's going to be tough. Uh, definitely is a, is a, is a massive uh, blow to, to start the way that they started, uh, to enjoy uh, seeing at least a, a glimpse of what Liverpool was uh, um, 
couple of years back, so a year back, or a few months back, and suddenly straight away what the, the reality of Liverpool is at the moment. And once again, a lot of people talk about the end of an era. A lot of people say that the, because the lack of uh, the, the, the players uh, up front, in the middle, at the back, the lack, uh, the lack of players who has arrived this season. This is, is, a, is a very difficult moment for, for Liverpool because there was a lot of expectation put on this game and much more when we started. And the way of changing is very difficult because uh, it's not something that I'm sure the uh, club have been trying bring that intensity back, bring that uh, uh, hunger. And uh, we've seen a better Salah, we've seen uh, a good Henderson, we've seen a better Fabinho, not the, the best back uh, Van Dyke, but still a lot to be work because it looks very vulnerable. It doesn't look as confident up front. So there is a lot of things missing, and it's not going to be easy to replace every single step. You can replace something, you can fix something. But there is a lot of things to work on, and, and that's why I think it's going to be very difficult. Much more when it's going to be very tricky, if not impossible, to win at the Bernabeu. And looking forward to what is happening on the Premier League, uh, very difficult to also get into the top four. So, a uh, difficult situation for you and Klopp uh, from now on until the end of the season. That's what worried looks like. See, that <laughs> face right there is what worried looks well, like. Maybe Nadine can make him feel better. Nadine, you're at the game, right? <laughs> Nathan Na- yeah, was at the game. You've defended yeah, w- Liverpool before. You said that they'd win this game. You think they're going to finish in the top four. Do you still no, think wh- that they're going to finish in the and top he four? And sa- he said that Real Madrid would struggle scoring goals too in this game, right? Oh, don't start. No. Don't start. Uh, no. oh, 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 I never said that. Mentiroso. No, 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 no. 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 What do you mean? Mentiroso. Oh, I like no, that. No, let's hey, not do that. Don't, don't talk to let's me that way, Nathan. It's a yeah, case okay, so of being at the game. It, you, you sort of, you get seduced by the atmosphere. You get seduced by the start. It's a big European game, and it happens to be against the big, the most successful team in Europe. It's Real Madrid, and Liverpool started so well that the belief was there, and you could see it was affecting the players. They were really high. But it was the moment they conceded that first goal because there was a sort of bit of doubt. And I think, as Ali said before, with confidence, you step forward. With, like, nervousness and anxiety, you kind of take a step back. And that's what some of those players did. And that really surprised me because we're used to seeing them be so good domestically and in Europe. But for some reason now, the belief just isn't there. And I think when, at this moment anyway, and when we talk about what's Klopp going to do, like sometimes I feel really bad for managers because the manager himself would prepare the team like he always has done. He'd give them words of advice and so on and so forth. And then he'd watch the team have two players in the box against them and let Militao score a goal when everybody's there. You can put a team out to play how you want but at some point you're helpless because you need those players to take command of a situation. And right now they're not doing that. And it's strange to see that from a Liverpool side because a lot of the faces are very familiar, but they're just missing that little bit at this moment in time. And it seems like people are preying on them. And it's, as I say, it's very, very strange to see, but this is the nature of football. Sometimes you don't always have it your way. And when times are tough, you've got to find that bit extra. So good luck to them. Can they find that bit extra and finish in the top four for you, Nadem? You know what? I said they could a week ago, but you know, um, I, I'm, gonna, I'm still gonna say I'm still gonna say yes, just because the teams are ahead of them right now. They're obviously in a good moment. They're doing quite well, but Liverpool just need to do a little bit better. They've not been great, and they're still in with a chance. So if they find any form across five, ten games, then I think they'll do it. But watch me be wrong yet again. Do you agree, Luis? Not that Nadem will be wrong again, but that Liverpool can finish in the top four. I think I'm, I'm gonna, always going to believe until the maths say that, that, that it's not possible, that they, they can do it because I think they got the talent, they got the quality, 
this is a team that has been fantastic for the past few years. Uh, there's still a few players missing, very important players, that they will come back uh, uh, sooner than later. So I think that uh, they can manage to, to arrive to the top four. I, I can believe that. But uh, well, we'll see what happens because definitely it doesn't look like at the moment probably because of the confidence of the players. <laughs> Sorry, Ali. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm you, trying you to have be me convinced. I'm trying to be positive. Yeah, yeah you have me convinced and then the pass, the pass killed me. Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with you guys. I think Liverpool finishes in the top four. All right, there yeah. you go. We'll be reminding you of that throughout the season. Uh, Liverpool finish in the top four. Oh, look at Nadem. Nadem, wow. he's been doing the rounds. He's on the Gab and Jules yeah, show this is. week. Make sure to yeah, download that wherever you do get your podcast. I don't know why they call it the Gab and Jules show anymore. Gab's always swanning off somewhere, but great to see Nadem on there. That's right. FA Cup fifth round coming up on ESPN+. Plus. You'll be able to catch all of these matches. Make sure to do that and keep up to date with everything on the FA Cup. And then always the wrap-ups here on ESPN FC. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sergio Ramos has retired from international football after hearing from New Spain coach Luis de la Fuente that he will not be counting on him. He said this morning, I received a call from the current head coach who informed me that I am not and will not be part of his plans, regardless of how I perform or what I do in my career. With a heavy heart, it's the end of a road that I hoped would stretch out further and which would end with a better taste in my mouth. I honestly believe that this journey deserved to end at my own choosing or because my performances were not at a level worthy of our national team, not due to a question of age. Age in itself is not a virtue or defect. I admire and envy players like Modric, Messi and Pepe. Unfortunately, it won't be like that for me because football isn't always fair. Luis, he has done it all on the international level, it is fair to say. Where does he rank among defenders of all time in football history? He must be in one of the top places. We are talking about a player that has won everything uh, at the club competition or national team competition, back-to-back the European Championship, also uh, captain of the national team, uh, World Cup. I mean, uh, he has to be one of them because definitely the talent, the quality... Uh, good in the air, scoring goals. Uh, he was a leader, something that uh, on these days is not easy to find uh, everywhere. So I think that, uh, well, it's a, a, a good time to, to lead the national team, even though that the national, the, the national coach 
upset that uh, he's not going to come with him. But I think it's a, it's a good moment to, to say goodbye because definitely he's one of the best uh, centre-backs that the history has made uh, on the sport. So it wasn't so much a retirement letter by Sergio Ramos as much as it was, I was told I'm not part of the plans and so <laughs> I guess I'm done. So I, I've been told I'm retired. And, and this had been coming for Sergio Ramos and it had been coming because of injuries, not because of lack of performance, but the injuries in itself have affected the level of play for Sergio Ramos. And so if you're a, a new manager that is coming in, that you're, you're having new ideas, you want new players as well. Uh, remember that De La Fuente is a guy that has coached in the, in, in the lower divisions of the national team and the younger teams. And so he has a lot of understanding and knowledge of players that, that have been with him in those younger teams. And a presence like Sergio Ramos will always be a powerful one. Always. So him walking through that door puts a, a different feeling to those younger players. And if he's not going to be the guy, if he's just going to be a cheerleader, I think it also changes the personality of the group. So it doesn't make any sense for De La Fuente to have a guy like Sergio Ramos with that presence with that even if it's leadership but that presence that can be sometimes can hold back younger players because they're going to defer to him that's why i think he's being told thanks but no thanks it's just not going to happen in terms of the career one of a kind i think one of the most impressive things that we just saw there in his resume we think of Sergio Ramos and that maybe something is missing up here at times because of how uh how many red cards he would get in a classic, and we see the images of him kicking Messi or whatever, him and Pepe, and Pepe playing side by side. Zero red cards for Spain at the international level. Zero red cards for Spain. I don't think Steven Nichol would believe that if we told him. I think he, he was supposed to be in today, yes. but he's so devastated by this news, he took the day off. But you know the special relationship that Stevie has with Sergio Ramos. He wouldn't believe that. And, I, and it's hard to believe because Sergio Ramos in, in big moments has been a guy that is uh, volatile. And, and that's being kind. But in terms of the achievements, they, they speak for themselves. And the leadership, that speaks for itself as well. And, and being that guy for as long as he was that guy at Real Madrid, you have to be special. And to be that guy for the national team in Spain, in what was the golden era of, of the national team for Spain, you have to be one of a kind. And Sergio Ramos is, certainly was that and had one of a kind career. Yeah, started in every single one of those major mm. wins on that international run, that incredible international run that Spain had with those two Euros and the World Cup as well. Nadam and Luis and Ale will be answering your questions on the latest edition of Extra Time. Thanks so much for sending them in. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to our YouTube page. Deo Upamecano will miss Sunday's crucial clash between Bayern and Union Berlin after an appeal to overturn the red card he received in last weekend's loss to Borussia Mönchengladbach was rejected by the DFB. Just a one-match suspension, though, but he will not be available in the weekend's game. Ali and I will be available to bring you everything you need to know ahead of mm -hmm. Leipzig against Frankfurt on Saturday morning, 9.30 Eastern. We'll also be updating you on all the other games that are played at the same time as well. And then make sure to tune in on Sunday. Big games there. Freiburg against Bayer Leverkusen. 
and that game we just mentioned, Bayern Munich against Union Berlin. Hold on a second, didn't you say that we're doing Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid as well? We're also doing that. Oh, okay, so it's a long day. Yeah, we are hard workers, okay. that's what we are, if right. nothing else. A US women's national team beat Brazil to win the She Believes Cup. It's their sixth She Believes trophy. It was a 2-1 win in the end with goals from Alex Morgan and Mallory Swanson. But now the questions will begin for the upcoming Women's World Cup, which will no doubt be one of the big topics on the latest edition of Football Americas. You can always stay up to date with that on ESPN Plus and hear what Seb and Herc have to say. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, that will do it for the latest edition of ESPN FC. Thanks so much for being with us. If you do want a little more, we've got more. We've got your questions to answer on Extra Time. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. I'm having one of those days today. Uh, I couldn't even get my words out at the top of the show. I've got a nasty cough. Uh-huh. And now I don't have my extra time question. Oh, today, so do you need my speed? <laughs> maybe, but maybe we'll just be reading them off the screens anyway. Oh, we've so, got Nathan here, we've got Alain here. Do you need my here. change of pace or no? We could always do with your change of pace. Let's go check if they're there. Oh, here we go. Oh, Where's Luis here we Garcia? Go. There he here is. <laughs> Look at Alain Moreno. Still got it, guys. Oh, we've got the question what? too. Look at that. Hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> hey. Don't be sneaking a pee. And hey, hey, um, are you okay? I'm all right. <laughs> so, I was a little concerned that you were not going to make it through the show. If you saw the actual show tonight, I couldn't get my words out yeah. because I almost had a coughing fit, but I can assure you I'm all right. Yeah. Ale was almost hosting the show for a moment. Which would have been <laughs> quite an experience for everybody. I'm sure he'd do a great job. All right, guys, let's get into it then. Has anyone's opinions changed of Manchester United's players being good enough to be at the club like Fred, Wan-Bissaka, etc.? Or does Manchester United need to still clean house at the end of the season and get more players? Nadim, I'll come to you on this because we were mentioning this a little bit in the show tonight. Mm. Uh, I don't think they need to clean house now. I think the managerial situation they had over the last sort of year or so wasn't necessarily conducive to getting the players to be playing well. But lo and behold, when they have a manager who's very focused and can find the best of those players, you get a chance to see actually how good they can be. I think if you're talking about, say, winning Champions Leagues, winning league titles by a mile and so on, maybe they can add one or two to that. But I think for me, the, the core group is there and the fringes at the moment, they're very good. They're playing very well as a team. People don't like Wan-Bissaka, but he's doing very well at this moment in time. You'd be interested to see how long that form lasts for, but... Right now, they are one of the form sides in Europe. So as a consequence, how can we be critical of the players within it when they are doing so well? Uh, Nadem, it's another Manchester United question for you here. Mm. Ask Nadem. 
Oh, Manchester United, like Liverpool last year, are going for four trophy- trophies at this time of the season. How many of those trophies do you think they can actually win? I think Manchester United will get uh, two. I think they'll get a double. I think it starts this weekend. A uh, game which, Kay, I'm sort of nervous about. Uh, do you know things that I am worried about, Kay? As a person who played for Sunderland and Man City, going to a cup final between Newcastle and Man United <laughs> is not going to be the best place for me. So that is something I'm actually worried about. Mm. There you go. He's, he's actually worried about something. He only mentioned it once. That's how you know if right. it's a real worry for now. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't buy any of that. Mm. Nathan was no, worried. So, so you've got the Carabao Cup and what else then, Nathan? The Europa League? The... Yeah, the Europa League. I said Europa League, yeah. Well, I think it's yeah. two. And the fans are very excited right now. Very excited. And for some reason, they're all on social media telling us how good they all are. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, they're going to get two, I think. Naden, be nice. Be nice. Be nice. Mm. You've not got that shift out of the way yet. Okay. You want to make sure that, that they're nice, going to be nice it? to you. Yeah. Oh, it sounded on a Sunday, bit no, sarcastic. I mean- no, no, I think I think they'll get two. I genuinely yeah. think they'll get two, and I think most United fans right now would be very happy with that after the sort of time it's been since they last won a trophy. I think they'll be over the moon. You know that tone, that tone that NATO just gave there in the last answer, very similar to Pep Guardiola's press conference. Very prickly. Yeah. <laughs> very sort of passive aggressive, very sarcastic. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he has, he doesn't play for Manchester City anymore. Right. So and he's not worried. Don't make that tie, please. All right, Luis. What? How many of the trophies that Manchester United are fighting for this season can they win? I think none. I think at the end. This is going to happen. I mean, there is a lot of expectation. And, and to be honest, because of what they got in front, a lot of the pressure. I'm so sorry, Nita, but it's, it's what I feel. Until the, the last part of the of the season. They got so many things that at the end, sometimes when you swim and swim and swim, you die just when you are riding to the coast. So I think that they're not going to get in the chop. Time will okay. see. See, I, I love that Luis just, uh, just translated that. So if, Tanto nadar pa morir en la orilla. That's exactly what that is. Yeah? That you swim, you swim, you swim, and you die at shore. That's exactly what Luis is referring to. Thank you I do think Manchester United win this weekend, though. Would that be... Uh, so there you go. So you're actually giving them one, which is one more than former Liverpool player mm. Luis Garcia is giving mm. them to win. And I assume that you're not going to the Carabao Cup final this weekend, Luis Garcia. No, I'm not going. <laughs> there you go, Nadim. He's just made you look very positive and much I'm better. So, I'm so red. I'm so pro-United. Scary case. Scary. Okay, guys. How much credence do you give to the quality of a league being tied to how many teams they have playing in knockout stages in Europe? Uh, well, personally, I, I don't. Um, because I'll, I'll, you know, people fall in love with actually making reference to these sort of things. But a league is not just four teams, right? So if we're going to consider the strength of a league, then we have to look further than the four teams that may be involved in a European competition. Uh, So I don't give a whole lot of validity to that. Uh, And for those that say, well, you're defending La Liga or you're defending this league or defending that league. Well, La Liga could argue last year, Semifinals, Champions League, you had two teams and you had the eventual winner. And one of those teams was in Barcelona, it was Villarreal. 
does that then mean that La Liga is the best league ever, 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 ever in the history of mankind? Well, no. I just don't think there are many things that go into this that is just beyond teams that are participating in European competition. So not much that would be. Okay, Luis, next question for you. Do you think Robert Lewandowski would be regretting his choice of leaving Bayern Munich given how dominant they are in this Champions League campaign? Seven wins out of seven matches and joining Barcelona, who arguably have done the complete opposite in terms of European competition. <laughs> Yes, of course, yeah, you will look back and you will say, oh, maybe I, I didn't do well getting that uh, the, that choice of living. But I think it was a, 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 a fantastic move for him. I think he was looking forward for a new challenge. I think he's doing pretty well. Top scorer of La Liga. He's been doing okay, not in a European competition, but giving a lot of uh, confidence to the players at Barcelona. So it's not only a star, but also a mentor to the, to the young players. So I think he, he made the move because he felt it. He felt it with the heart, not just be with his mind. And I'm sure that he is pretty happy at Barcelona, even though that, of course, they are out of Europe. Ale, how big a boost can Anthony get by scoring a big goal today? Could it spark him moving forward? Anytime that you scored a goal like this, in this stage, in this sort of platform, a game-winning goal that all the attention is on you, you have been brought onto the field to make a difference, and now you have made a difference. You changed the manner in which Manchester United played in the second half. Yeah, that can only help Anthony. And, and I don't have any doubt that Anthony can be a good player for Manchester United. My questions are, can he be a good player for Manchester United consistently? Can he have a very good 45 minutes? Yes, he can. Can he do it over the course of a month, over the course of 10 games? That's the question that Anthony has to answer. But this will help. This will put him in that trajectory. It's now a matter of him maintaining this sort of level. Next question. What team did the guys support growing up? I have a sneaky suspicion Naden was actually a United fan. Mm. What? How dare they? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, uh, although, to be fair, I had my, well, the first bit of music that I ever had was the cassette from Man United in the FA Cup final in 95, I think it was, when they played against Liverpool and Liverpool wore the white suits. But that's the last time I had any association with Man United. Um, but it was it was City, and my team abroad, actually, was, uh, was Barcelona. But yeah, so make it that whatever you will. Mm, so why did you have that cassette, Nadem? Uh, just because it was the cup final and I was getting I'd only been in the country three four years and I was getting used to the sort of love affair that was the FA Cup and all the highs of the day and the build up and so on and that's when teams were still doing the song so when the players were singing I thought it was like quite interesting as a young person to just hear them all singing so I had the cassette tape but I'm pretty sure I've set it on fire now so you don't need to worry about that anymore <laughs> well, uh, well you probably wouldn't be able to find any way to play it anyway right no, these that, days mm. that was not that was not passive that was just aggressive <laughs> yeah this is true <laughs> Louise I was uh, supporting Barcelona but my first jersey the one that I wore the first time uh, my uncle gave it to me when I was I think seven it was Athletic Club de Bilbao so I was support for maybe a year or something like that Athletic Club even though that I didn't even know, uh, knew where, where they were uh, and right after I started following Barcelona from my heart when I started watching uh, Michael Ladru and Romario start making those fantastic uh, links in between them and scoring goals and passes and dribblings Okay, so two, first of all, you're in Bilbao right now. Are you close to Bilbao, right? In this lovely room. Now I, now I know where it is, yes. 
Okay. And hang on, I've got one more question okay. here. Okay. Your uncle who gave you that shirt, you said it was your uncle, right? Mm. Yes. Would, it, would this be a little tie that maybe you could have qualified to play for athletic? Mm. No, he was actually, he was born, I don't know why he followed by uh, Atletico de Bilbao. He was, he was born in the center of Spain, in Ciudad Real. So I don't know why he was following Atletico. No chance to give uh, to, to sign for Atletico de Bilbao. All right. Hey. Well, back home in Venezuela, now that you would know this, Unión Atlético Táchira, which is uh, the team from the region that my dad is from. So I had no choice. I had to support that team. And yes, <laughs> that was the team that I, we would go to the games. And this is when the first time that I was exposed to soccer in a stadium and the fans and the smoke bombs and all of that stuff and everything that goes on in Latin America. Nowadays, maybe it's a little bit more checked than it was back then, so you can only imagine what the environment was like back then, but I loved every minute of it. Uh, in terms of my first jersey, and this is when I knew, I knew that Luis and I had a connection. See, I knew it. See, the way we interact, I know that there is something here. There, there, there's some history. The team that I played for, my, the first time that I was playing organized soccer was the school team, Colegio San Ignacio de Loyola in, in Caracas. Our uniforms were red and white stripes. The first jersey I got to wear the red and white stripes was indeed Athletic Club Bilbao with a lion right here on the chest. Connected. A little lion here on the chest. <laughs> Los Leones de San Mamés, Athletic Club was indeed my team when I was little. There you go. Very nice. Connected you guys. Yeah, All see, right. I knew it. Finally. I knew it. <laughs> what? what? I said I finally love you. Finally you agree on something. Oh, oh I'm putting my heart out there and this guy says finally. Nader. <laughs> no, finally we got something in connection, I mean. <laughs> Other than your fashion sense, obviously. Oh. True, true, hey, true. Wait, hold on a second. Are those rackets behind Luis? What, what's going on in the wall? What, what, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, so the, the, these uh, rackets right here, they yeah. are used to not for playing tennis. It's because uh, I'm in the mountains and there's a lot of snow, so you could use them to go walking all around. So ah. through the snow. <laughs> pictures or it's not real. <laughs> yeah, we need to see some pictures at some point of that, but there's probably not snow there right now. All right, Nadem, were you able to find out what Ten Hag and Sir Alex discussed at dinner the other night. Manchester is a small city, so I'm sure you run into both of them often. No, Manchester's a small city. <laughs> Maybe by comparison to other places, but it's not that small. And this Ten Hag thing, eating uh, dinner with Sir Alex, it's probably been the same for every United manager since Sir Alex like, uh, left the job. But because you're doing well, everyone wants to talk about the picture. But yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. But yeah, enjoy it whilst you can. Maybe what uh, what the guy said about swimming to the shore, maybe that'll come true, who knows? And then we can talk about the picture again at the end of the season, but enjoy it. Two, one icon, and one future icon by the looks of it, yeah? More power to them. Have you bumped into either of them in a restaurant recently, Nadem? I don't really leave my house. I tend to just sit here in this exact <laughs> corner hoping that ESP and FC want me to do a show. And if they do, I'll then do I see people. That's, more, that's basically the way it works, yeah. <laughs> See, we, we laugh, we laugh, but it's not far from the truth. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay. Everything's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Well, it's nice to be a homebody anyway, right? That's okay. I like yeah. Nadem. Yeah, I know you do. We all like Nadem. Ale, I'm... Oh. 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 <laughs> Ale, I'm taking my friend from math class out for coffee tonight uh -huh. after the show. Okay. All right. 
She grew up in Venezuela, uh -huh. and I really want to impress her. What music should I play in the car? Guaco or Ricardo Montaner? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Hold on a second. Did I, I just put you the name? Well, no, 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 you got okay. it. Uh, so many questions. Uh, is, is this a first date? Or is this a casual thing? Is this an ongoing thing? My friend from math class out for coffee and wanting to impress her suggests it's a first it's like thing. It, it, we, it's, it's an approach then. Yes, but she's obviously agreed to go out for coffee, so there must be some interest. Right. So, Ricardo Montaner, if you're going to go Ricardo Montaner, you, you got to put candlelight and turn the lights down and that sort of thing because he's a romantic sort of singer. And I'm not sure that we're ready for that just yet. A bit much. Yeah, I think it's a bit much. Guaco is more of a, hey, que pasó, hey, hey, mi amor, como estamos, mi vida, hey, hey, hey. gozar. So maybe you go in that direction. I would suggest a third one. Okay. I would say an I specific song. Because if you're talking about Ricardo Montaner, this is old school, you can go old school with Giordano and the name of the song is Hoy Vamos a Salir. I think it's, it, it, it paints a picture of what's about to happen, puts no pressure on anybody. Well, today we're gonna go out and then today what else does it tell us? Well, the song goes deeper into what's going to happen when we go out, but... <laughs> Might that be a little bit suggestive, though? Well, I mean, you're just, you're just laying out a plan. <laughs> she could agree to the plan or not, but at least you're, you know, you're putting out ideas out there, floating things that could potentially happen. Mr. Miami, we want an update. We want to know which song you went for. Don't go for Montaner. That's too heavy. No, no, I think that's too much because Ricardo Montaner, one of the yeah. songs says, is like, I can, I can take you to the uh, top of heaven. You know, when you say something like that, you are... Yeah. You know, it gets, it gets a little steamy. We don't, you know, yeah. we're not quite there yet. <laughs> not not over keen, all right? Yeah. So, yeah, let us know, Mr. Miami, because we're very interested if you're going to get a second coffee. Yeah. See, I have a feeling that Mr. Miami, just by the name alone, he's, Hey, Guaquito, Guaco, vamos, hey, hey. <laughs> Maybe Guaco's your answer, Mr. Miami. Let us know. Thank you so much for sending in your questions tonight. We'll do it all again tomorrow on ESPN FC and every day. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 